absolutely phenomenal. And how do you put statistics on this, Phil? This isn't measurable because this is the art of human. I think there's tears in your eyes, Raymond. It's the 10th of November. Welcome to the Soccer in Theory podcast with Rehan Ahmed and Mark J. I'm Ashwin Bajaj, and together we'll be discussing the events coming out of the world of football and look towards the week ahead. You can follow us on the Soccer in Theory podcast, available both on Apple and Spotify, and also on our website, soccerintheory.com. Well, World Cup's next week, and the squads are being announced thick and fast. Today, England, USA, and Iran have announced their squads. Any surprises for you guys? What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know that the Iran squad is, is announced, but I thought we should talk about that group um, in general because it's the, the England one came out and the U.S. one set. Um, the first one was the, um, not so much a surprise as more something I was excited about. It was a surprise actually. Tim Ream makes the U S squad. Um, <laughs> and because there, he hadn't been over a year, at least he hadn't been part of the U S squad and he's just been like tearing it up at Fulham, which is also hilarious seeing him sort of taking the ball out of the back against Liverpool um, 35 year old Tim Ream who used to play for Red Bull New York back in the day um, and and you had him and Anthony Robinson Fulham left back who are going to probably be lining up uh, for the US or hopefully um, otherwise I guess uh, between injuries to someone like uh, probably because of injuries to Chris Richards the Crystal Palace defender um, that's probably why he's made the squad um, Zach Steffen, the city backup, who's on loan, I think, at Middlesbrough, he didn't make the squad, which is so surprised me a little bit. But he hadn't been playing well, just kind of he looked real bad a couple times in that city venture yeah. to start him in that um, Carabao Cup final. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's low point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they still have what's uh, the uh, Arsenal back third string. Matt Turner. Um, so, I mean, the U.S. is always fine with keepers, but um, overall, I think it'll just be the. It should be an interesting group in, and we'll talk about England. But the in terms of just the U.S. is, I think, set up to counterattack, and you'll have your double pivot with Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, or not even Weston McKinney, probably Eunice Musa playing lower, uh, deeper, and Weston McKinney playing higher which makes it just totally uh you know mm. press high pressing uh every now and then otherwise counter and then i think so i think that will be interesting stylistically when it lines up against someone like um uh england with their five two three version or you know five three two whatever they come out with right. because um well, for one, exciting that Ben White is made the team, and it makes me think that Gareth might want to play three in the back and have him as part of that. Um, and you know, with Reese James injured, he's I don't I hope he plays Trent, but I get the sense that if he plays Trent, it would only be with five in the back because he doesn't 
trust Trent. Um, and then Madison making it was a huge surprise, but very nice that he like, cause Southgate has just consistently not picked Madison. So it was nice that he changed his mind about that. You know, it's telling him to, um, and right. then Calvin Phillips made the teams again, even though he's been fit for like a week. So, right. like, so yeah, otherwise it's forward. They have so many to pick from. They, I would have liked Ivan Tony to be on it, but that's neither here nor there because he shouldn't be playing. Um, should be Kane and one of those, and both of those. Yeah, I, would, I wanted Ivan Tony to be in too, but then the question is who gets dropped? Because they have exactly, soccer, the forwards Kane, kind of... Rashford, Grealish, yeah. Sterling, Foden. Colin Wilson. Yeah. I mean, you guys surprised Sancho didn't make it at all. I mean, not been not particularly. Who'd you drop for Sancho? That's sure the who. thing. That's the thing. I, mean, I think he's been out of form for a while. I really love like him, but he's just been decent. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say out of form. He's building back form, but right. Uh, it's not even a question of form. It's a question of this is probably one of. If not the strongest, then clearly one of the yeah. strongest in terms of depth. And I guess Sterling power. Sterling makes it because he's more of an out and out forward than Sancho is, right? Because he's not been in great form either. Sterling over the last month. You can't so. drop Sterling. I think just you can't in drop the higher. For England. Yeah, you can't. I mean, unfortunately, he's been amazing not, for England. That's the thing. He's been yeah. even he was out of form in the Euros, and he was yeah. still like their best player. He was out of yeah. form going into the Euros, is what I mean to say. But the right. question for me is who is if they play this kind of herky jerky five in the back and they want to sit with two defensive midfielders, which they did in the Euros, and they just want to play three, you know, five, two, three, basically, who their three are. Because I think Saka's made a made a shout for himself um to for be what, in there. For the right wing? For the right wing. I mean he might like if yeah, I mean if I I, I wouldn't play five in the back, obviously, but if I was then I'd probably go Saka, Kane, and uh, Foden on the other wing, and um, the thing take is, it from there. Kane and Sterling are probably the shoe ins for him. Like that's who, you think who, so? Just because it's always been for him. The Last thing, year at the Euros, remember? Like, I know, I remember that. But yeah. the thing is, I don't mean like they know, should be. I just mean that yeah. Southgate likes that. My sense, I mean, Sterling's out of form. I don't even know if Sterling's out of form or if just Chelsea's out of form. Yeah, I think Chelsea's um, out of form. Sterling's been fine, but he's been better than he was for City before the Euros when he, you know, was yeah. first name of the team sheet for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a they're pretty they're it's a pretty intimidating squad to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's a very yeah, very think- good squad. If he plays cat, the like the front three, it's just pick him kind of. Foden should be the third, I think. I think you're right because just in terms of quality, um, but and then in the middle, Declan Rice has just been very good. I think no reason. Declan no, Rice, Bellingham, straightforward. Yeah, that and that's oh my god, Bellingham is so fantastic. Yeah, uh, seeing him play for Dortmund again, um, and then. Yeah, it's like you're not even missing someone like Chilwell. So the, the squad is going to be good. It's just they play such a – the hope of a counterattacking team against a team – it'll be interesting to play against non – that style. You know, it worked right. works really well against better – or teams with good ball players, but, like, the U.S. is not going to take on possession and be like, okay, let's 
they're not gonna get right. beat on the counter by England. So yeah, yeah, exactly. They have a history not... of performing well against England in the World Cup too. So recent history. And they're more and England they're gonna be more athletic as well. I mean the United States squad is definitely the strongest squad I think we've seen in our lifetimes. Yeah. It's also really Yunus Musa has been fantastic this year. I think this is yeah. his last year with Valencia. He's just he's still twenty. Like, is he twenty? To call everyone when you know when when I've been watching them in, at this age, yeah, like must be twenty. Now the thing is, is we're you know we're in our thirties now, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to adjust. Like, our, uh... like, he's actually nineteen. I got that oh. one. Oh okay. Yeah, because yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I forget which Back player. But I was calling. A, yeah, yeah, I was calling some player in his teenage years when he was like twenty-five. I was holding on to. What do you guys expect to? I'm guessing both of you think England's going to top the group. Who amongst Iran, USA, and Wales is going to join them? Oh, I'll make a point about Iran just because I probably, well, I probably follow them too closely. Are um, they Iran? This are a local yeah, you know, correspondents. Like, considering myself an Orientalist, of course, by trade, you know, yeah, you, you have to know about the Iran national team, <laughs> but um, it, it's a bizarre situation because a number of the players have, uh, if not partaken in the protests, they've spoken out in favor of the protests against the um, the morality police. Um, it, but Sardar Azmoun is probably, you know, the, the Leverkusen striker is probably the best forward. Uh, I guess Mehdi Tarimi. They have three good forwards that you don't know, right? Mehdi Tarimi at Porto. Um and Sadar Azmoun, and uh, who's been playing in the Champions League this year, and um, uh, Jahan Baksh, who's at Feyenoord, he used to play for um, PSV and then for Brighton for a bit, right? Um, oh, and the fourth place is uh, Rodos, the the Brentford forward oh, midfielder. Yeah, he, he plays like half the time for Brentford. So you've got some decent attacking players, uh, but the thing is. Azmoun, I think, is probably their best, and he's injured. I I don't know if he made the final squad, but I think he might not play at least the first two games. Which really, with a team that's this light, like the rest of your players are just playing for like Persepolis or something um, in Iranian league, it, it's just not. I think they'll be very weak, so I would say put them at bottom. And the question about the Wales in the U.S., I think Wales they just performed so well at the Euros last time that and this is like such a big occasion i think bale will get them like i think they'll beat the u.s um yeah i could see them topping the group honestly it depends yes the england against these teams it's it's just funny it's like we're talking about this with men united being better against worse teams it's weird to think of how england would play in these games you know right what are they gonna do (laughs) yeah exactly the thing Maybe is, England, dropping in and like looking to play the long bag and all. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, you're right. This is England. If I was England coach, which I don't think I have, you know, I don't think is likely to occur. But if I were, then do worse than play, Southgate, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you play four in the back, put Trent as your right back, play Bellingham. I would play Bellingham with, um, with Declan Rice and probably Mason Mount. And then Saka, Foden, Kane, and I would just blitz these teams, and I would just try to destroy them. 
you know, like, like, like Bayern Munich style. Cause I think mm-hmm. if you get into like a cagey match, yeah, they just get into exactly. KG match. Why get into KG matches? But tell me, Mark, with... Mark, the thing is, when you talk about Blitz and all that one understands, and if you see this roster, you can see if this was a club roster, they could probably blend into the, some sort of formation which would permit that. But in international matches, and I know we are going to discuss tactics and strategy, because they don't always play together and they don't have as much time to... Um, accommodate each other's yeah. style and the manager doesn't have enough time to mold them in the way that club managers do it's usually by and large speaking a more defensive oriented yeah yeah exactly thing, right? in that sense would would that still hold in what you said and especially would you feel that Trent is the best kind of he's a good attacking player but his defensive frailties are well known he's been dropped from the yeah. English squad even in as recently as the Euros um, in the in in last year's Euros, so would that be something that concerns you a little bit? But it, knowing what the international game is, and that this is it, not a Klopp or a Pep team. Well, it's true. Well, you're asking two things with respect yeah, to. Trent, I want to defend Trent as well. In, well, in well let me defend Trent, and then you can fill. Oh yeah, in go for it. Go your for defense it, yeah. of the defense. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, when Trent defends, you often have to defend his defending as well. Yes, yes. And the thing is, his defending is bad. It actually I is bad. I do. Explain no, no, a no, little more what you mean. Like you mean one v one? You mean like? Excuse me. I was um. You know, I was, that was the first. That wasn't even a completed sentence. You know. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just, you know. It's like qualify, qualify. There's some British really? patriotism coming out already. <laughs> okay. No, anyway. it's like, <laughs> um. Uh, no, I'm reading this like Spanish novelist Javier Marias, and he doesn't even use periods. He just uses commas, like when a period would apply, and just continues. So that was just a hard comma, you know. And um, anyway, the thing with Arabic text, like there, there are no commas. There's no punctuation <laughs> in, the, in the manuscripts, and the editors just put them in. So like one yeah, of the, yeah. my early Arabic teachers was just like, never trust the editor. And it's totally right. <laughs> They're just random. Or, like it's just like when you felt like the thought is over. Here's a comma. <laughs> nope. <laughs> And on the other hand, you know, there's like, there's this, there's this Croatian, not Croatian, where is he? Some, no, Hungarian novelist, Krasno Horkai, he wrote a really brilliant short story where there was no punctuation, there's no periods. And he actually did it. And it was incredible to the point where you, it wasn't making a spectacle of itself. It just naturally flowed. But then I, I get suspicious of like a lot of contemporary fiction that like there's this one novel like Ducks Newburyport or something. It's like 700 pages, no period. But it's like, <laughs> why? It's not. It's not natural. It's just like as a. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. The Trent, I thought his. I I think his. Um, he doesn't know how to hold a line. I I see a lot of. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of offsides against them where he's like five yards out of balance with them. Um, the point that. I think to anticipate the point you're going to make is there's too much onus on him in the attack. And he often has to come in. I see him doing two things. I see him sometimes playing high and wide. And I see him coming into like a central midfield, like the inverted situation. Neither is an ideal starting point to be defending on the counter. But I see him just getting beat one-on-one really easily. And so against Tottenham, it was Perisic. And Perisic, as we've mentioned, is going to get his cross in against anyone. But it was really easy. It was just a, sh- a shift onto his foot, and he gets it there. Um, so I think, I think just positionally, Trent is off. I mean, the Arsenal goal was 
you know that I mean that that was that was kind of farcical from him, but neither here nor there. I still would put him as their best right defender, even 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 with um even with a Reese James situation. I would have still I still have a soft spot for Trent. I think Walker the the ball. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Kyle Walker, man, is is done for me. He's been done. Um, no, I and, mean uh, that's not obvious though to most people. I don't think like why why do you say that about Walker? Because I, I thought Kyle Walker was bad like years ago. I, I mean, let me try to articulate myself a little clearer. I thought that he was overrated. Yeah. Um, and then when he went to City, there, um. He, no, he's over, if he's though, overrated, right? he's perfect for the English national team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but but okay, right. But he went to yeah, yeah, yeah. He he went to he for Tottenham, and then he went he went to City, and I thought there was too much hype due to his just dead sprint speed. Um, but then in the last maybe two or three years, he he was almost becoming like a lights out one on one defender, and yeah. that was really showing when City was having their central back issues where he would really have to do a lot of last ditch defending um that said um it's i think it's become a bit of a spectacle um and maybe i'm just kind of in terms of one one defending you think he still has it no i i I, i've seen him beat i've seen him the the thing is he he still has the dead sprint speed but Mm -hmm. i see him getting turned um getting turned pretty easily and i also see him committing a lot of fouls um, like in and around the box, the the thing is with him versus Trent is if if Kyle Walker and also Kyle Walker is another person you see on the offside line pretty really consistently that he's in the wrong he's in the wrong yep. shape. Um, that's something um, he's one on one defending. He's very fast, so that's yep. well documented. So you can't just push it past him. But clever players are can have their way with him. Um, not that the U.S. has has players but anyway um i think i think trent's um attacking prowess let's just say the crosses even just to be on the dead balls is more than makes yeah. up for any discrepancies now reese james would have been more interesting but reese james but is also injured. maybe like the best yeah, exactly so i'm saying so, that's a moot point um but i think yeah yeah but anyway so anyway oh god go ahead, go ahead. no no yeah so i was just gonna say about the right back <laughs> thing i think the easy solution reese james should have been it and right. he's not available. Um, but, Crushing for him. Crushing for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think for both of them, though, um, it's like their tactical... It's hard to assess them because of the tactical particularities of playing right. in those. And they're under so much pressure that they wouldn't be under in a normal back four internationally. Like, you wouldn't tactically, like to Ashwin's point, kind of, you wouldn't tactically set up in any complicated way with a back four. With, with the, right. the right back, right? When you're international yeah. team. So yeah. they wouldn't, I don't think those problems, like the Arsenal goal, I know he made, he was he was flat, for example. The only problem, yeah. I, and I was very annoyed about the analysis of the Arsenal goal, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think he, the only issue wasn't even pointed out. The issue was that he was he was flat and he should have been, his body shape was off. He should have died. Yes. But yes, other yes. than that, <laughs> but like, like until it got to that point, but if you if you saw the the real problem was the link in the other the two central midfielders who just like you know why did Saka cut in so easily or rather Odegaard mm-hmm. had all that space in the middle and like Saka cut in very easily and just passed through 
is because there was no midfield in front. And Trent is standing at right back watching this like just fall apart in front of him over 60 yards where he's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I have three players to mark and like, what am I going to do? Uh, and he was just the last domino to fall. And the I think that is... happens to him and Walker both um, where it's like last domino, it looks really bad when it falls. But you know what I'm what hearing you, you say, one, ahead, Ashwin, yeah. one, one thing is the memory, I mean, of course, with Trent, actually, not this Arsenal game where they lost a couple of weeks ago. This is more when they won about six months ago. What I remember is Martinelli giving him hell. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Martinelli is a good yep. player, but his most important attribute the is his killer one on one dribbler. But he no, also, no, it's, I mean, it's speed also, right? Like it's, it's, and I, yeah, I'm but surprised it's close that this control, guy I'd say, first and up. foremost. Okay, yeah, I mean, I mean I, Martinelli is just like the best close control. No, but to, fast but to Ashwin's point, I yeah. think Trent, the only thing that Trent has is speed. I mean, he's not a yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about his attacking play and the crosses yeah. and all. But in defensively, his judgment's abominable. Um, yeah, it's more that okay, he can sort of match you, right? And I was really surprised that that's where he was struggling a lot. Of course, that's one point? match, and I, I don't watch a lot of Liverpool games, but I was surprised at that. Um, anyway, I think, yeah, I think Mark. Martinelli sized Trent up more than he sized anyone up that I've seen. Yeah. He was just like, I've got this guy. Yeah. And there's something, I don't know if it's Trent's innate uh, ability or just like a psychological thing, because I feel like he's just, he's getting hell. For someone who's that young and that good and that successful, he's just I, always I wouldn't psychologize. But because I would psychologize it. it. No, I would psychologize it. The reason I wouldn't is because, like, those examples. Because you want to make a tactical, structural point. Yeah, no, but think about (laughs) it. There's no one else playing that position. It's not a normal, right? It's not a normal right back. So, like, when a great winger goes at you, you know you have cover. This dude never has cover one. Like, he never has cover. Joe Matip is coming over. So, okay. And one thing Martinelli did in that game is, like, took him on and he'd always, like, Drag, drag it back onto his back foot and wait, like yeah, dra- yeah. dragging the center back out by going at the fullback. But then in possession, he has to be so high. I mean, he's required to be so high more than like it's he's playing a wing back without a back three behind him. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. So I think, I, I think the it's hard to even like ask for a good decision most of the time with them because it's like, what do you expect the like a good defender. I'm not saying he's a great defender. I'm just saying he's like an average defender that seems like no, he's bad no, no, because he's been no, put in no, terrible positions. No. Yeah. Think about Jacques okay. Cancelo. Yeah. I mean, okay, he fucked up against Mo Salah, but yeah. this is another guy brilliant on the ball, playing in very strange positions. You don't, granted it's slightly different because City's not getting blitzed in the same way Liverpool is, but you don't see him making strange decisions in and week in week out can they can, can they keep playing Jacques Cancelo can they sacrifice this role I think there's something with Trent where he gets beat one-on-one really really easily um and makes strange well, I think against, that's where the Kyle Tottenham, Walker of it comes in yeah okay go like ahead. in terms of possession for one City just dominates possession that's true no that's and true. then the other one is like he doesn't have when you talk about not having cover Cancelo has a ton of cover because Walker comes in and they make that box either three or four in the middle in the in the center back box you know whereas liverpool doesn't do that they just have this whole chain and i think you guys were making this good point last time like what's going wrong with liverpool it's basically that pressing chain you're not yeah. pressing as good up high 
they're you're just coming like cutting through like butter like napoli did in the first week and so when it comes to the end of the chain the last domino whatever you want to look at it it's just it, yeah it's yeah. an insurmountable problem i think to your even point, a good fullback would have trouble to your point if trent alexander was just manchester city's right back i don't think we'd be hearing anything other than plaudits pretty much yeah the that's entire I mean. time that's, that's i'm not saying he's a good defender I, I just think in a back four, you can hide him in the way that you used to hide great left backs, you know, right. in back four is for, for a long time. Um, the, all right, guys. The uh, other color oh, go on, for go example, on. or whatever. Sorry. No, the no. other, the other, no, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Color off is a good, a great example. But the thing is another thing that England could do, which I love one thing like Arteta has really, really shown like shown me be completely wrong this year. Like he's the thing that he's doing that was really interesting is when he's playing Ben White and Tomiyasu. When he was playing the <laughs> four of them together, I know like Zinchenko should probably Crazy. be their their should probably be their player on merit, and I do like what he brings to the game. But the thing that's interesting tactically is I don't feel like Arsenal's missing that much when they play essentially four center backs, um, and that's something that I could that. Could be an interesting tactical innovation um, if England does something like that. Just play four really solid defenders. Don't ask that much of them, and then you get the extra freedom from the and you solidify in the back, and then you get a little bit extra freedom to play a third a third midfielder instead of just those two. They won't do that, but that's that's like another option, like a tactical option, um, kind of going forward. That, because because do you? I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about with City. It's like, do you need do you need all of these attacking? Do you need all of these attacking players? Um, do you need both um, defend outside defenders to be like maestros on the ball if you already have Silva, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Foden, um, etc. in front of them? So I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. Ashwin. This is a boring point, but I just don't like the five in the back with the high wing backs. Because to your point of like why why because I was reading an interview with Pep and he was saying the same sort of thing. He's like, yeah, like international football, you just have to go to the simplest, the simple, mm-hmm. the simplest tactical setup. But that's one thing I would think that would favor just a street ball setup. It's like, okay, that's the situation is the same for everyone. England has by far the best eleven. Just go out and let them play attacking stuff. They're just going to destroy um, nine times out of ten. They would just destroy the United but States. See, see, just Mark, blitz the them. Is- but Mark, the thing is, don't you feel like, see, they don't have a Cristiano or a Messi or even a Neymar a few years ago. They don't have, I mean, they have good players, very good players, but they don't have someone who's, you know, so far ahead like Mbappe or someone. Now, the thing is, for the kind of, which is what I began with a little while ago is, don't you need some time and, you know, a number of matches which they played over, you know, I mean, just remember all these guys we were talking about Klopp, Pep, they weren't instant successes. They took two years to build right. their teams. Okay. Least... Well, let's just look at international teams that have succeeded in the last decades or two. Okay. You have France and Spain, right? The two and Germany, three, right? And with the same limitations, you, I think the the street ball approach that Mark's kind of talking about, that's what France went with in some sense, yeah. where it was counter ish. You put two forwards up there and give them somewhat carte blanche. In, like Griezmann kind of was able to do what he wanted once they, uh, as a 10 ish player. And then, right. uh, you know, go, and that's one. 
one model. Spain, where what you have is basically, you know, the triangle and it's set up triangles and just go do it. But also Spain is, is a slightly unique situation because they're, most of their team was in one club and, you know, that, that triangle you're talking about, that was the Barcelona team, right? So they do yeah, but have... Even a... later, I mean the Spain that, like, is not as successful but is still, even last Euro Spain, where when they lost to Sweden or drew Sweden or whatever, right? They didn't have the killer edge, but it was, you know, you had Rodri in the middle. You yeah. you still had seventy five percent possession, and it was like if you could just finish one one or two of those chances, it was it was still Spain possession against Italy, especially what you're Spain. saying. They lost to Italy, and and what you're saying is absolutely true. They had a couple of yeah. decent forwards; they would have won. Yeah, exactly. It was like someone finish one of these chances, and you'll be mm-hmm. fine. Right, right. And then Germany, <laughs> even more, is kind of uh, you know whether it's four two three one or uh, it seems like you can. And that successful German team had Ozil, and again, yeah, gave him a bunch of freedom. Poor to Bayern, <laughs> poor Bayern, though. A Bayern, yeah, fan, but in, yeah, yeah, but like it all went through Ozil and like the legend, and, the maestro, yeah, the legend. You you gave him a degree of freedom, and I think it was the same thing, possession happy. Well, when there was that generation, basically, we were talking about is that possession football worked for a little while and then now you had when France won you had a type of counterattack that was still loose and freeing counterattack as opposed to the form of counterattack that like uh and even Italy last year at the Euros is a bit of that like it was there was that free flowing but then Gareth's style of England is the mode of counterattack that is most oppressive um aesthetically No, but Ashwin, I think the point is the point is um about it's about control from these managers. They're trying to control the outcome. And from an international perspective, they don't have that much time to organize a team in order to control it. So if you don't have that good of a team, um, yes, just playing defensive is the simplest mode and not doing anything too interesting. I agree with but if you. you have, I think if you have by far so the best team. Right. Then reverting to the mean doesn't make any sense. That's it really true. doesn't. You're handing your. I mean, it, why? Let's say you, you England is playing the United States. If they turn it into you know a free flowing match where there's going to be thirty chances generated, they're going to win definitely. If they turn it into a cagey match where there's going to be four chances generated, two of them from a corner kick, they very well might lose one nil. I mean, who the heck knows? It's not like they're. Oh, the, I agree the with you with, completely. Yeah. And like Italy, Which is what they did last time when they played them, right? The... Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not successful <laughs> against the United States, like, ever, yeah. you know? I mean, if they, up, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And so I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I mean, it could just, I, I'm not saying I don't understand, therefore I'm right. I'm just saying I genuinely plead ignorance. Why um, a, a lack of time uh, in terms of organizing your team, necessarily means you have to go defensive. It can mean the exact opposite. Let's just go offensive and say fuck it, you know. And and uh, I don't see why an English team that plays all-out attacking couldn't be couldn't win the cup and couldn't be the most aesthetically pleasing uh, of, of the cup. I think they have a team that can play, you know, Brazilian style. They can go out wide to soccer. They can go out wide to Foden. Maybe this is the not. counterpoint, sort of, kind of also to go to brazil and the success of brazil has often come with a like 
paring down of those players and playing much more defensive Brazil style and winning one nil like that, like that box, even though we talked about the triangles, I was going to say the example of the Brazilian late nineties, early two thousands box that they played with the two center, like two holding mids and two attacking mids. What I liked about it was that you free up a Ronaldinho in a different structure, in a narrow structure, which is defensive. And uh, then you have Dunga becoming coach and really kind of making it too defensive to watch but even brazil <laughs> goes in that direction is kind of what i mean so so well, yeah. also i suppose it's harder to evaluate that team that you just referred to because you have ronaldo ronaldinho rivaldo i mean it's <laughs> like in the sense that it it seems like unless the coach really screws things and and you know cages their entire game right. it's like hard how do you Sort well, of. I don't know because I, I think it's it is for two reasons useful because they're playing against Zidane in his prime, Vieira, yeah. uh, like the that France team they played was I mean that it beat them not even the one that beat them the one after um, like the, the one that beat them was great but then Zidane too Zidane Henri Vieira um, is was pretty darn good too and then also the German team that um, that they beat the first time was. It was such a defensive game in e, yeah. um, like that, that. It was so structurally boring from our perspective. If I was older at that point, I would have been not as excited about it. And like, man, yeah. why are they playing so narrow? Why is yeah. it like why? Why is so many touches for these holding mids? I want Ronaldinho on the ball. A lot of the time, Ronaldinho yeah. wasn't doing anything in those games. He wasn't yeah. free for Brazil and right. uh, two thousand two, especially. And Danielson was just like on on the bench. Which is very annoying to me. It's like, man, this guy, give me some nutmegs, give me some scissors. I know. Nope. There's that famous poster of Danielson. He's like, he's got like six defenders around him in the corner. And he's like, <laughs> still like, he's still like eyeing out whose legs are open, you know. <laughs> How far do you expect England to go? I mean, the thing is. Ashton, I want to ask you. Yeah. I want to ask you. Flip the question on you. Let's say England played an attacking style. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you? I get the sense from the way in which you're describing. You don't think they have the goods. To, no, I think they to... have the goods completely. I mean, I don't think they can do it with Southgate. I don't think he's a good enough manager because, in the end, you need a good manager to get you to play. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. That's why we have very few managers who are able to do it, even in the club level. But, but let's just say they had Pep doing. You know, they were you suddenly appointed. Whether it can happen so quickly in and this is this is more structural. It's not like I'm not looking at the players. I come which is what I said. If this were a club team, I think this would this team this team would have been competing for the treble every year in mm. whatever league they were in. Only thing is they're not. So we're like <laughs> thinking about the limitations of a type of football which is you're going to get two games every three or four months, and then you have a month, right? You have right. a tournament every couple of years. And that's the structure. That's never going to change. Like, that, that, that's the way it's built. In that scenario, if we take that as a given, I still don't think Southgate is doing anything because I, I completely agree with you. If you have that many attacking riches, you shouldn't be playing the same game that you were playing 10 years ago. You could be, there has to be something that gives, right? Either it becomes, there's something that you have changed which suits um, the current, the players that you have. 
And by the way, they don't have very good, def I mean, okay, Ben White and so on, but right, right. I mean, if, if Maguire is still going to be their central defender, I don't think this is, I don't know if he is, but he has often been in the last couple of years. I don't think this is a, um, you've got extremely good personnel over there, but. To his credit, last year in the, the Euros, he did change a lot in terms of making that a solid boring team as opposed to when they played 442 back in the day and just you know like wilted and didn't have numbers in the midfield you know that uh, with Lampard and Gerrard and Skulls. <laughs> yeah but you know, that's, that, that, that's true but I think like the, my thought process on a really if you look at the teams that have played really defensive over the years I'm obviously like stereotypically thinking about like a lot of Italian clubs or even like Mourinho's Greece clubs. 2004. Oh, you mean clubs? Yeah, right? but yeah, no, but no, but Greece as well. Like I'm just thinking in either in either in either um, realm, international or club, there's a really strong central back um, pairing, um, almost Very like strong. iconic. Always. And who is England's? Am I am I missing the boat? Is it not Stones Maguire? Is that not yeah, it who is Stone they would Maguire. play? Yeah. Stones Maguire maybe. Um, Maybe a third, maybe the Arsenal White will kick in, maybe Cody. No, that's about like Stones. A... Maguire is basically going to be there. I mean, that is maybe White, and that's not really, you know, that's not good enough. It's no? not good enough. I mean, Rand, to your point, you could tactic, yeah. they were pretty solid in, in, in there, but it's, it, it, it's you know, I it's, agree. But like, it's are they not going to make a mistake? Is Maguire not yeah. going to make a mistake? I mean, you want it, no, no, it, I agree in that. I don't think, sorry, sorry, yeah. I don't no, think you right. need like a you don't think you need an iconic pairing, but like Greece 2004, like Inter Mourinho, you need like people who are like really good at Materazzi or whatever. Someone, <laughs> someone is like, what the mistake risk, whispering makes... racial slurs in your ear? Yeah, your... yeah, exactly. That's the mistake. <laughs> the mistake will be like running someone over. <laughs> Maguire isn't that kind of defender. Um, and same obviously with Stones, but Stones is worse than that. Yeah, regard. Um, also, they haven't been doing too well. I know that maybe the friendlies in the nation league doesn't count for too much, but tells you a bit about form at least. And they haven't really been doing too well defensively. Yeah. I mean, they've been conceding four goals at home, three goals. Um, that's that's a lot. And, and they've not been scoring very much either. So whatever tactics he has, it's not like, you know, either end is sort of working out. One question, yeah. I mean, we've discussed, if let's just say, they play either in all likelihood Netherlands or Senegal. Now Senegal, it seems like Mane is probably not going to play the World Cup, or at least not. Koulibaly is in a question too. So right, so that, that's really unfortunate because I was really hoping that yeah. you know, Senegal would be the. It, okay, let's let's say they play Senegal. They beat them because of the injury problems. If they don't and they play Netherlands, a what is that? The next round in the quarterfinals, they're likely to play France unless they, unless France does you know what they did in two thousand ten or something. But um, do you think they have enough to get past either of these uh, all these teams, like Netherlands or Senegal or France? I mean, these are the three teams they'll probably yeah, I think in the first two rounds. The, yeah, I think the injuries just make it a lot of those teams kind of up in the air, especially France. Like France without Kante Pogba. Right. Um, France, if they decide to play Rabio, <laughs> like there's, right, yeah, there's all these yeah. weird things that could happen in this World Cup. 
So I think it's it's anyone's. But on on the other hand, like if they play a Brazil, then I think that's the the Brazil Argentinas of the world. Although Argentina, on but paper, I think Brazil and Argentina on the other side. So if they play them, it'll only yeah, be yeah, the yeah. final. Gotcha. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think there's any team from Europe. That's significantly strong. Like that is doesn't have major question marks that I can think of. I mean, yeah, France without Conte. I mean, Chelsea without Conte. Look what it's become of them. I mean, yeah. no Conte and Pogba. Yeah, no Conte and Pogba. So they'll just be playing what Kamavinga and Chalmini. That might work bad. out. I mean, those are good players. <laughs> I mean, they're still young, but like they're not like they're not bad players in any way. But I agree. I mean, they're not like they're not going to replace. Conte and, and Pogba immediately. I mean, that will be a pretty big blow. I didn't realize Koulibaly was going to be out as well. Dang. I mean, he might play. He claimed he was going to play, but he hasn't. He's been injured, so it's a this Senegal team had a chance. Injury. That's disappointing. Yeah. Damn. But to be fair, in that African Nations Cup, they were like, they were very boring. So another defensive kind of team. It wasn't. They were boring. The whole tournament was. Whole tournament was, was boring. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they were just as unwatchable as anyone. <laughs> is this the yeah. heat? Like, what's happening? Is the guys aren't moving? It's like just like no. I mean, block. that's actually a good illustration of everyone agreeing kind of with the premise that, like, look, we need to be solid. This is international <laughs> football. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just don't see. I, maybe I'm missing the point, but I don't see why the opposite dogma couldn't adhere and just like this is international football we need to just play really attacking like why yeah. why is there isn't it isn't it just cowardice yeah I, okay I can see maybe how... because i play so much pickup i can get this yeah. in terms of five aside you know like when you, yeah. when you play against a really good player and you're like oh man he's really good in five aside and you have a couple guys you just decide let's stay narrow you know right. collapse yeah. and stay narrow and <laughs> yeah. let's deal with him Exactly. And it's kind of what. So when you come up with against a better team, or uh, but here instead of a better team, you just come up against a list of players. You know, there's talent out there. You're like, let's not be the team that screws up and lets someone do something. Yeah. But see, the the other big problem, I mean, structurally speaking, is that it's a knockout right after the group stage. Right. The thing is, yeah. Pep can lose his first match, which, by the way, he lost in 2009. That sextuple year he lost his yeah. first match. It doesn't matter who remembers that. Well, I did, but the point is that um, <laughs> is, uh, it doesn't really matter in the long run, right? Congratulations. You lose yeah. it and you lose and in fact, it's not just the knockout, but if you lose a match in your group, in your group, your chances of qualifying really, really go down. Like you can draw yeah. against, you know, but they, yeah, they really have, take only have one. So you're like, you know, you know, a loss, a draw is probably not the worst thing, but a loss is a big deal, so I guess that also makes the whole thing much more unfortunate because you know then it's really a cup, not just the World Cup but even the Euros, basically built on patriotism and you know support and so on. And the football is right. often pretty lousy. I mean, we know that. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. It's like I'm remembering like Pep against Lyon, like three years ago in the Champions League, whenever that was. They clearly have the better team, but then he gets Memphis Depay is in, in great form, and um, I'm forgetting the other striker's name they had, but Pep just decides to go five in the back, puts Eric Garcia in the middle of the in the middle of the five. It backfires entirely. Yeah. I mean, 
it just seems like um when you're questioning it's like it's like what you're saying man it's like you're afraid of the opposition you drop in but yeah. why is england afraid of the opposition <laughs> i don't th- <laughs> yeah. i don't think is there even anyone in the group that would get into their starting 11 over their choice Mark, they don't they have... have their gunboats and their royal navy you know <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> that's saying, how they won they... most you know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point but is there anyone on iran wales or united states that would even well since we're talking about yeah since we're talking about this group what do you think about like pulisic as the 10 do you think he's gonna i, I think it's 50 50 as far as he's either gonna wilt under the pressure and like try way too hard or he's gonna have this glorious moment like curler from 40 I, yards kind of thing. Yeah, no, because I think Pulisic, my take on Pulisic is always that he's really immensely talented. Like you talk about five aside a lot. I think in five aside he would he would be almost indistinguishable from the upper tier of world football. But when he gets into a structure, he just it just his play becomes so vanilla. He doesn't know how to how is how to his skills, like we're saying, Jorginho's skills flourish in a structure. Um, he's not that kind of player. He, but when the play breaks down, he's mm-hmm. immense. Yeah. He's immense. I'm even thinking of the FA Cup, um, I think, yeah. against Arsenal, you know, when he got injured, unfortunately. But before that, he was absolutely immense um, like four or five years ago, an hour or three years ago. And um, in, in an international football, I think that really suits him, a defensive game where he's just – he's only going to be on the ball in like these awkward moments um, yeah. against in England. I think he could really – he could really flourish but at the same time in a defensive game it's easy for because american fans um, might be putting too much pressure on him and it's easy for him to go anonymous in a game yeah where, where they're playing defensively and then oh where was pulisic well we played def- you know i don't know i don't know yeah i, I don't I, I can see it going either way that's a wishy-washy answer i don't know uh, <laughs> you know that that trio in the midfield is just it is interesting in terms of wreaking havoc and just chaos and athleticism with McKinney, Tyler Adams, and uh, Musa. It's I not mean, a bad midfield three. It's actually a really good midfield You don't want to play through them. You, you don't want to play through them. them. You yeah. can play through them. And I mean, even, I don't know if it'll be Gio Reyna or, or who. Oh, yeah, be, Gio's but... healthy. Gio's really good. He's <laughs> really good. I mean, we, I forgot we, about it. Yeah. We have a point where every player in the in the in the US squad is you know a major a major European um, yeah. at a major European club. So we've come a long way. The question is will that be reflected on the field? And my guess is that no. Yeah. <laughs> I think the back line is still MLS level. No, all, no disrespect <laughs> to Tim Reem. Um yeah. And I think the thing about Gio is that he is better than Pulisic was at his stage like at Dortmund. Uh, which is kind of yeah, wild. As well. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, guys, one, one question is to return to the England thing. I'm, I'm always, like in every team, I'm looking at who the defensive midfielder is. And mm. in England, it's either Declan Rice or Jordan Henderson, or if he plays both, then both. No, I don't think Jordan Henderson. No, not anymore. Yeah. Not he's anymore. Going so it's Declan Rice then for sure? Declan Rice. Yeah, he's going to go with the double pivot probably. Good enough for so. you. Like, yeah, I think Declan Rice is class. Okay. Um, I think it was good enough. I, I think Bellingham is the key. I, I think it was it – was, I think Bellingham was already good enough to be in the squad two years ago, and he went really conservative with Declan. Yeah. I mean, 
can you be more conservative possibly than going five in the back, not choosing Trent Alexander-Arnold right? and having two defensive midfielders in front of that? I mean, how can you possibly be more defensive than that? So I think now, you know, Bellingham will give a bit more mobility because Calvin Phillips, no disrespect. I don't to think him, you'll play him this time. Yeah. He, he wasn't doing anything different than what Declan Rice was doing. It was just right. two guys standing next to each other. One of them kind of pretending like they're you know moving yeah. forward, but not really wanting the ball yeah. when they did so. So I, I guess think it's this... good enough. Bellingham's good, man. Bellingham is basically as good as it gets at this yeah. point. So that's what I was going to say. A lot of this, it's not really about the structure as much as how much freedom he gives them. Cause when Declan Rice drives like for West Ham, when he drives with the ball, he's very progressive and he's not playing really as a holding mid. That's a box to box when we let him free and same with Bellingham. But if it's a matter of how much freedom he gives them. Just tell me one um, thing. Um, like the thing is in the end, these matches are so cagey. It, 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 you know, it's not as entertaining as, I mean, we've already said that, but any particular team who you guys are actually excited to see how they shape up, not from a fan's point of view, but from, you know, a footballing tactical point of view and like other, is there, I mean, not just in this group, but in general. Hmm, good point. I'm interested to see Netherlands play for sure. I would love to see Netherlands play if they if they can bring the footballing style. I think they have a a, a I think they have right. a, a really good squad. They've consistently had a really good squad the, the past years. Um, if Depay can shake off whatever's happening to him at Barcelona, I I, I always think that that the Netherlands is um it's the same with Ajax. It's like when they're on their game, they're they're pretty much un, 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 unplayable. Same with Spain. You know, if they if Spain, they, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because they, they could have easily won the Euros, and then the whole narrative of yeah. a lot of these post Xavi, post you know, Casillas players would be different if they had also won a Euro. Yeah. But a lot of these players are just still in the shadow, um, and 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 of course Argentina. There's a real resurgence happening. Um, so if they can make that translate into actual, um, but Argentina, like, do you feel it's? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with them, and for all the reasons that we talked about earlier as well, including Messi. But they're not a fun team to watch in any sense. They're like you know, ten hackers <laughs> and one player. You know? <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably improved a little bit over the years, but it's not particularly. I mean, they're not. Have you seen Argentina in the last year or two? Yeah, at all? Or closely, yeah, very. I mean, they're not really. No, I was going to make the opposite point. Sense. I, I was going to say that the the the, the opposite end, like compared okay. to, you know, Netherlands has Louis van Gaal as the manager, and that worries me. Um, like, which face of Louis van Gaal do you get in terms of like letting them play or not? Um, so I would. I'd love to see the Netherlands do it, but yeah, I like Scaloni, like what he's done with oh, he's great, Argentina, yeah. and like in terms of just since, especially in the the South American games, those are chippier, just like the African games. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I I thought they they moved ball pretty well, yeah, and they I like the fact that. It's there's no Di Maria this time. Oh, that was another one that's sad. 
I think he's missing. Oh, is he it. is he out for sure? I mean, I, uh, yeah, he... I mean, I'm not, I don't know about sh- for sure, but I know he was. I think in he's going a to doubt. come back. Um, okay, okay. Dybala has gone for sure. Yeah. Who is? Dybala. Dybala has gone for sure. Yeah, but that's good riddance because, like, um, yeah. Well, he played the same position as Messi, so there wasn't. This is what he said. He's like, "This is the problem." Uh, I can't believe uh, he came out and said that. Um, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I really I like that Benfica midfielder they have. Uh, Enzo, Enzo Gonzalez. Yeah, Enzo. I think he's the one who's going to replace Lo Celso, which is important because Lo Celso was their box-to-box player. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. I think they move the ball really nicely, especially because like Enzo gets on it and very quickly, just like two touch, and is very progressive with his pass. Um, and he, you're right in terms of he's nasty. He has this nasty. He's a hacker, man. He's a hacker. He's a hacker and a half. But like he gets on the ball and moves. But that's and the Argentina way. Right? Get a red that's, card. That's, yeah. that's how they always play. <laughs> so, he is a hacker. Yeah, but it's effective, and I, what I really like about Scaloni is yeah. how he's molded a team which is got a very, very good player who can add something and does usually, mm-hmm. but is not only about him anymore, which yeah. is you know what what needed to happen at some point. Obviously. For me, the questions the question mark is around Arturo because he's he's really um, mysterious like, player. Yep, for me. Yeah, like is he average? Sometimes I remember seeing. I mean, I wasn't watching him very play very much. But I remember Randy put me onto him like four years ago. I saw. Him. I was like, oh, this guy's the best player in the world. It's very <laughs> clear. And then sometimes I watch him. Like, is this guy even good? Like, is he? he doesn't have pace necessarily. So when he looks off, it just it looks very off. Um, Messi's resurgence. I mean, that's not a tactical thing. But the Van Hall. I mean, you know, you're gonna get a four three three. So, you know, that's. That, that that's that's a plus from from the Netherlands perspective. Um, I think a lot of the Netherlands players are have something to prove um, at, yeah. at the World Cup too. It's not like um, there's, it's a, been a successful generation um, really for a, a, any of them that I, that I can think of. Yeah. Um, can I make a, an unrelated point? Did you guys see the um, the Champions League draw? Did ha- either you happen to see like the, the yes. actual draw? Yep. Oh, okay. oh, no, no, no. Live? No, listen. No, no, no. We'll talk about the draw. Of course, if we have time, but the draw, like the physical draw itself, like the picking of the things. Dude, you have to see it. It's like, I forget who, they, who the players are, but if, we, if, if, if this draw was rigged, which I'm not saying it was rigged, but if it was rigged and then we were to go back and look at the security protocols, <laughs> this isn't like an Ocean's Eleven situation. It's just one man. There's like... It's just like there's little eggs, and inside the eggs, there's a piece of paper that's saying which. And it's just a guy going like this, like spinning around the, the, the few balls, and then just picking whichever egg he yeah. wants, and then picking the next one. It's the same guy. It looks, it's very comical. Um, it's it's very very funny. But I was thinking, I was seeing when 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 Bayern and PSG were facing each other, I was like, what the hell is happening? Is this how it's being picked? There's no machinery involved. I mean, you see the lottery. It's very, um, it's I don't, I don't know. If, if you haven't seen it, or maybe one listener. Has no, seen I mean, it. it's I, worth I, like even watching on YouTube. It's I've it's seen in comical. general what it's like. I I thought you meant like something specific happened in this particular one. Yeah, but I know how it's done. Yeah, they. It's just he, he could and... very easily. There's like nine balls in there. Eight balls. He could very easily in his head have been like, okay, that ball is Bayern. That ball is them. No one's watching him. No one's doing anything. 
<laughs> what kind of system is this? There's no security. But I thought they have their representatives and so on, right? Sitting in no, the No, it's just one very awkward man. I'm sure he's oh. a famous ex-player that I just didn't spot just doing all of it. Um, and then the camera... Anyway. Yeah. Go check it out on YouTube if you know. Yeah. It's very this funny. is why the Knicks never get the first pick. Yeah, it's just a don't tell you, man. If, if someone tells you that this thing was rigged and then you look back, like, how do you do it? It's like, oh, well, you know, I just memorized that that ball is the Bayern and that there was only four in there. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Okay. All right. That's it with England and USA. Um, next time we will discuss some of the other groups and the other squads, which would have all been released by then so we'll also have a sense of who actually made it and hopefully there wouldn't be any more injuries till next time then thank you for listening and goodbye